0: All right, the 14th installment of the DC Extended Universe, or is it? You know what? It's hard to tell. It's almost like even after, what, two years now of James Gunn officially being in charge of the new DCU as opposed to DCEU, that still no one is actually steering the ship. It's hard to tell he, he because goes, of the
1: WB Infinite Crisis. Yeah,
0: he goes, this is arguably, I mean, literally, using wording like that, arguably the first film of the DCU, but not necessarily. It could be part of the DCEU, but it also, and you're like, oh my God, (laughs) it depends on how much money it makes. It really really does. If this makes money, they're gonna go, let's find
2: a way to squeeze him into future films, and if not, well, hey, they can always go, well, that was something that the other guy started before I got here, and, you know, what can I do about it?
0: I just, I'm just saying that it feels to me that like, whatever power gun has a DC, it ain't Kevin Faggy Power, is all I'm saying.
1: No. <laughs> I don't, no, Not many people can get Kevin Feige power because yeah. he got his from...
0: Radioactive Stan Lee. Yeah, he
1: got bit by, <laughs> he radioactive got by
0: a radioactive
2: editor <laughs> and uh, then developed super editing powers. Exactly. I mean,
3: if we want to go to origin, it was radioactive Richard Donner that, <laughs> <laughs> that bit <laughs> Kevin Feige. Well, James Fair Gunn enough.
2: was in a, in a radioactive comic book explosion, and that's different. Yeah. Uh, I so, think they retconned that, though. Now, isn't it like some biological organism that he's like a symbiote with some Alien that knows how to make hit movies. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't <gonna> be surprised. <laughs> uh, but Blue Beetle, this latest one, is probably a character who is completely lost on your average non-comic book reading superhero film goer because he really hasn't shown up in a hell of a lot outside of animated stuff. Not a lot. He's shown up
1: in Smallville at one time. He showed up in Brave and the bald Nate Nate brings that up usually as well as uh, he's that in Justice Two. And then that's like kind of it. He's like doesn't. Like, he's popular amongst very specific people. And
0: a lot of people who like him, like the older version of him, Ted Cord. this is a... Is this a new character altogether, Jamie
1: Reyes? He's or? like, yeah, he's like the third Beetle Beetle. Okay. At one point...
0: How yeah. long has he been in the comics?
1: Uh, since at least the Infinite Crisis. Okay. 2006. Like, around 2006. the time where where yeah. Ted first died. Okay. Less than 20 years. He's a relatively
2: new take on a character.
1: And then when they All brought right. Ted back, Ted just became, like, his mentor. Kind
0: but of there's thing. this whole thing where, like, it's always Blue Beetle and uh, Booster Gold yes. teaming up together. And I think that's where... People like me went, I didn't give a fuck about Blue Beetle until that started to happen. Then I was like, oh, well, this is funny. This has got sort of a buddy cop energy about it, you know? Like, buddy cops who don't aren't actually that good, great buddies.
1: Yeah, and him and him and combo. Uh, Blue Beetle have kind of like that but more like a mentory It's more, it's almost like Peter B. Parker and Miles Morales' relationship. Between the in, two
0: Blue Beetles though.
1: No, in the between Booster Gold and the new Blue oh, Beetle. Oh, I see. Because this that. is after Ted died Originally, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just like I'm going to be your teacher, but he's like a terrible because <laughs> right. he's fucking Booster Gold. And he's like Gold. I'm going to
0: teach useless. you how to be a, a superhero. This is more like Ant-Man. Like, like, who like, who like, the fuck are you going to tell all this? There's uh,
2: another guy who used to own the
0: suit. Suffice it to say in this, there's no Booster Gold. There's no real mentor relationship going on here this is a i don't i can't compare it specifically to whatever happened in the comics although certainly ted cord exists in the continuity and uh you know is insinuated at one point that if these films continue we'll see him hopefully but he is presumed dead very 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 wealthy man whose family controls the city mainly through uh his uh sister right yeah Uh, susan sarandon who is terrible person, and she's got a hold of this thing that they dug for, which is this alien artifact scarab thing that they can't get to do anything, but they're looking for ultimate power, as, you know, very rich people who control cities tend to do.
1: Very rich white people. Yeah, very rich white people. <laughs>
0: uh, but... He ends up in a situation, uh, sorry, Jamie Reyes, who, uh, Jaime, uh, played by, oh, do it. say the name, <laughs> say the name, Marco. What's, What's the name? La, you? There you go. That's the only time we're going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's like recent college graduate, but from like a poor family, extended family, uh, who all very proud of him. They very love him, but much love him. But where are you going to get a job? So he's like working catering and stuff. He ends up in a situation where he meets, uh, the daughter of Ted Kord. Uh, played by Bruno Marquisane Bruno
2: Br- uh, bruna marquezin
0: yeah. who's totally beautiful and he completely is smitten with her and she ends up in a thing where she's stolen the beetle and gives it to him He's like hey just take this in this chicken box don't look in it of course he looks in it and guess what this is one of those like that's not fried chicken who, like uh, yeah that's, that's not bur- fried
1: chicken and that's, that's a burger box cuz it's, it's, it's the big belly burger that's in like right. all of the dc but ah, they go oh, but it's one of those where
0: you can't get the powers unless the whatever arbitrary thing choo choo chooses you Yep. Yeah. Which 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 it does, and bur- burrows under his flesh, just
1: like those scarabs from the mummy. Except yeah. he doesn't die. From except it. he doesn't die. <laughs> he gets superpowers.
0: He just basically gets. Uh, it's it's like the Iron Man um extremis extremis suit where yeah. it just kind of builds out of him, so it can like disappear back in, but it, like builds around him, like sort of uh, like digitally. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like it burns all his clothes whenever it does it. Yeah, too. which is
2: like you can't fix that
0: thing. Yeah, that's that's an
1: unfortunate <laughs> thing for all of his clothes i mean this is
2: also very much like the iron man series too in that you have basically susan sarandon is evil tony stark like what if tony stark just wanted she's crossed between like obadiah stain and you know stark it's just like i want i want to be evil i just want power i want money cory stole
3: in the first I, iron man we've seen the first these Ant-Man. types it's like a, first <laughs> i Man. they're like
2: i can't use the tech but i can take what i can learn from that and put it in these super suits. And I don't have an agenda. I just want to sell these fucking super soldier suits to people all around the world. Her agenda is
1: money. It's
2: yeah. <laughs> a, her agenda is money. And basically, her superpower is that she's just a Karen, except she can never complain to the manager because she is the manager. the manager, right? Uh, Diabolical.
0: Uh, and, you know, she's got various people who work for, but most notably the uh Ignacio Carapax or OMAC, but Raul Max Trujillo, uh, who recognizable actor? But I wasn't sure where I'd seen him from. I was like, "Where do I know that guy from?" But uh, and Omac is what? Like, that's more of an organization, isn't it? In the no, comics, no, it's
1: um, it's an AI that Batman makes. Okay, that, like eventually makes it. Kind of starts kidnapping people and making them wear like an armor.
0: Oh, weird. Well, thing. It, anyway, it depends
1: on whatever you read. But that's he's, the that's the original thing. He's right? got his
0: own super techno robot robot suit so yeah. but of she's course basically
2: got the iron monger suit she just needs yeah. you know tony's tech to power it well, and it takes, yeah. it takes, it's it the, takes the suit part
0: from yeah, the yeah, comic instead it's and hammer tech, yeah. Yeah. yeah so she basically her goal here is i just want the fucking scare back uh jaime doesn't really want the thing but there's no choice now it is so. in his flesh it's not coming out uh, and he also kind of wants to hook up with Ted Cord's daughter, which no one can blame him. But really, more than anything, he just wants to protect his family. And why not? They're charming as hell.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: 100%. This, this shares a lot with the Fast and Furious that it's all about familia. <laughs>
0: yes a hundred percent and like it is when they say oh it's the first latin superhero i'm sure there's been somebody on television or something like there's that, that there's was, the, there,
1: there's the ghost rider and shield, agents it, of shield kind of thing right
0: right but but in a feature film is that actually accurate i wasn't sure but that's Pretty what they're much, touting it as unless you
1: count Zoro, but i like that I, it wasn't remember j- any scene if we're half counting miles morales uh, yeah well it, that's right. well with him he's puerto rican like it's like also a, not
0: live action for it yeah, to be yeah. like
1: like a full-on mexican wise like Zoro' is the closest i can think of off the yeah, top of my true.
0: head uh but, really, I was afraid it was going to be like, Well, look, come on, what do you want they' he they're Latin American characters, right they're the Latino isn't that enough? And this movie's like, No, that's not enough. We're going full in on the Latino aspects of this film, and I was like hey, this is actually kind of weirdly refreshing for a film otherwise is just drowned in every trope that you've seen a million times before in superhero movies.
2: This movie's not reinventing the wheel. No. Uh, Everything in here you know, feels like it's borrowed from some other movie that you've seen and probably even a better movie. But like Chris said, they really lean into the whole concept of like, hey, we've got a Latino character. Guess what happened when we made Black Panther? A bunch of people who never went to superhero movies said, hey, I'm going to go support that. And a lot of those folks didn't grow up on comics because they never saw themselves represented. And here you can definitely go, oh, there's something in it for me. Nine-year-old me would have loved this. 49-year-old me has notes. But (laughs) nine-year-old me would have been like, oh, 10 out of 10. Perfect. I can't believe I'm seeing something that looks like my family or me. Uh, And I was a little disappointed to find out that the original Blue Beetle or this version of Jaime Reyes was originally set in El Paso. And here they changed it to Palmera City, which is a new city in the DCU, uh, which is an interesting idea because it's basically just Miami. But it just seems like Mm. it's the Hispanic version of like Gotham or Metropolis. It's just like generic city. Somewhere in America, but we don't know where. I think it's
1: mostly because they probably don't want to piss off anybody in El Paso yeah. itself. With yeah. especially with the way the plot is,
2: yeah, they get away from the border situation. Also, also
1: it allows you as, to... as a really nice resort in El Paso. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it also allows exist. you to film the movie in Vancouver or wherever the fuck they filmed it. it yeah, but he lives Coaster on El Paso City. Street, so they did that. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: Okay, and they live on the keys. I mean, it's so it's Florida. Okay, it's basically right. the DC's used version of Florida. Well, it's
1: like a fusion of just a, a random series of places where Mexicans tend to live in. It's immigrant
2: city, basically. <laughs> it's Basic, just right. like yeah, there's Cubans over there, and there's Dominicans, and there's we're just happening to focus on the Mexicans. There's a stuff. little bit of
1: Texas in there, specifically their house and the way it looks, kind of thing. Sure,
2: yeah. But, uh, you know, once you see, like, the coastal one, I'm like, that could be the Gulf of Mexico. But, yeah, that's sure as hell in El Paso. They Uh don't have beaches there. (laughs) They don't live on, like, the Keys. But, you know, as Chris was saying, that this was kind of like this first time anybody's seen this. And so maybe it doesn't have to do anything more than that. But I give them effort. I I give them credit for making an effort to do more than just... Hey, it's just the the same story you've seen before with like a little bit of Latino spice on top of it.
1: Well, I remember when um, I forget the name of the D.C. event thing they were doing where they were just showing off a bunch of D.C. stuff that was supposed to come out. Most of them didn't come out. I forgot. <laughs> it was a really weird time for D.C., but they had an interview with the directors, um, which I don't remember the names off the top of my head. But they were very much like the directors of this film, the directors of this film. They were talking to him before there was even a trailer out going like, look, this movie is going to be Mexican as hell. Like we like every Mexican family knows you can't keep a secret from the rest of your fucking family. So his family is very much part of this movie. He's like, we can't wait for you to show this because this was supposed to be an HBO Max movie. It wasn't even supposed to be a theatrical release. Same. It was supposed. To be, it and Batgirl were going to be Max originals, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why some of the CGI is a little finicky here and there. Mm. Because it was just like this wasn't designed to be on a screen. This was designed to be on your very big television screen at at best. Right. But and it also I think it it sells the reason why it's so a little more generic than what you probably could have done with it. Because mm-hmm. they probably only had a very specific budget. And I don't know whose decision it was to put on the screen, but I'm very happy for them.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, like, I think they're right in the sense that, like, yeah, they very well could get those audiences in. Like, the Latino audience is like, we've never had a movie that's really for us. And like it... Doesn't make any mistake about that. Even if like its most recognizable face is George fucking Lopez, uh, who and admittedly and is pretty funny in it. No, yeah. as, a, as a oh, Latino, yeah. guy. as yeah. yeah. the crazy yeah, Theo
2: Rudy, who yeah. you know conveniently also is like a genius level inventor when it's convenient to find that information out. <laughs> There's a lot of little things in here that seem like they're convenient. I think it betrays its television origins. It feels at times like a like a special feature length pilot for a TV series, and. I kind of felt like, to to Mike's point, it, it it doesn't look cheap. It actually looks pretty good, because nowadays television budgets and effects technology make TV movies look better than a lot of the movies we grew up on. You know, that line between TV and feature film is very blurred here. But I did kind of want something that had a little more stakes. It was something that was low level enough to introduce that character. But a lot of things that came up are not really developed to my liking i i felt like there was some interesting ideas about this thing that takes over jaime's body without his consent i might add it never really tells us why it chose him yep. they have a kind of relationship and probably the end this entity which has a name which i'm blanking on now do you remember it mike shed something something, something. It, <laughs> it sounds Jedi. yeah and, and by the end it seems to have adopted some of jaime's values and but I don't see that struggle or that relationship.
0: You yeah, never saw the transfer point. Yeah, like, yeah. when does he become yeah. the
2: hero? In fact, it's, he's a very passive character, which puts a lot of emphasis on the family. And then he try to do something with the villains, but they never really go all the way with them. Like, bringing in the School of the Americas, the CIA uh, program that basically trained every fucking, you know, uh, uh, genocidal, uh, uh, tyrannical, horrible... Uh, oppressive regime in Latin America. That's a real thing. But it's like, oh, no, it's a fam- fun family movie. Oh. We, we, we'll we touch on it, but, you know, we can't go there. And that's too bad. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think the the issue I have with some of it is some of the dark stuff that happens just sort of happens randomly and then just sort of, d- like, they touch on it for, like, a second and then it goes away and you're just like, wait, what was that? <laughs> like, yeah. like, we should probably go back to whatever that was. But, and, and the CGI, like, on on Jaime, Jaime itself... Is actually the best part of it. Omac himself is the is the actual one where his his CGI um, is a little wonky. Here and yeah, there, uh, out of everybody, but um, but yeah, th- there's a lot that there's a lot that's left to be desired because not everybody is is um is fleshed out the way you would hope they would be. Uh, for me specifically, his dad played by Damian Alacaza, he um he's like a he's like the heart of the movie, but at the same time. I don't feel like we spend enough time with him. Yeah. yeah. You spend
3: far more time with George Lopez.
1: I
0: mean, he's the heart heart of the movie only in the sense that like sort of he's the center of this family, but he's gone before you know it from the movie. And then he's just referenced. In passing, I mean, I was going to say the heart of the movie is probably grandma, yeah. uh, Adriana Barraza, who Academy Award nominated really? Adriana Barraza for, uh, the movie, not Amores Peros, but, uh, uh Babel, the next film by the same director. Oh. She was in both amongst many other things. But, um, she, you know, the, you see her in the trailer. She turns around. She's holding this giant fuck you gun. Uh, and looking like a badass. And you like, figured that's going to be a one-off joke, but I'd like that. It wasn't. That no, play no. Into no. The grandma has the past. She, she was a revolutionary badass at one point. And that like, reveal oh, man. Of her,
1: her pigtail thing is yeah. so fucking perfect. Yeah. If you know the lore behind the revolutionaries. Also, like, oh, <laughs> fuck.
2: also the fact that like any good Latina grandma, she knows that if you have a problem, Vic's VapoRub will solve it. Yes. <laughs> you know, like was, use
1: that to wake him the up. The only sad thing is that they didn't try to force feed him Sprite at some point. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: that, I hear at the press screening they were actually giving away bottles of Vicks yeah, Vapor. We didn't vapor get rum. any because they any, ran yeah. out in our row. Oh, my God. I didn't even know
3: that was the thing. I was so Mark bummed. Prince I'm like, it. now I have all
0: these Blue Beetle
3: cuts, cups and cozies, and I could actually get some usage out of some Vicks Vapor. <laughs> I would have loved to have gotten the Vicks Vapor. <laughs> <laughs> I would have given the movie 10 out of 10 if they gave that to me. <laughs> We're not uh, bought and paid for. <laughs> no,
0: I was not at that press screening. I had to pay to go see it. I saw it with Wright and Eric from Trash in the Can, who both I had to, I had to basically bribe to get them to come. They were like, I don't want to go. I was like, come on, man, don't make me go see this by myself. They're like, all right, fine. Went to the Alamo. So like, and, you took
2: the whitest dude and the whitest Mexican dude, you yeah, know. right? Like, yeah. Go yeah, see this. <laughs> Eric has
0: is, is you know, it does not look Mexican. He no. is in fact half Mexican, and he cried. Of he he got really into it, and we were like, this is the dude that had said up until literally the minute we were leaving that he's not going. And then he's like, okay, fine, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, this movie made me cry a
1: lot, but that's only because, like Coco, it uh-huh. accidentally hit me at the right possible time to make me cry at very specific things. And uh, I don't appreciate that (laughs) because I'm tired of that happening to me.
0: (laughs) Tired of people poking your emotional buttons.
1: Yeah, because it was just like the thing with his dad is just like if I went further into it, like a, it's a spoiler, and b, it's like also it would be an emotional thing for me to talk about. But there's that's the thing. This movie is very much like I when I when I left a movie, I looked at Marco and Nate and as well as a couple other people that were there, and I was like, this is the most representative I've ever felt in the movie. Pretty much in my entire life. Because as much as I love Coco, that movie is still about people in Mexico. This is about Mexican-Americans. Mm-hmm. Like, when you see his house, and he's talking to his dad. And they're sitting on these white metal chairs. Uh-huh. And I was thinking back to the white metal chairs my grandparents had. And I was thinking about the way the house was and in the inside. The way it reminded me of my own grandparents' house in the inside. All
0: the Vicks Ray The cactuses up.
1: in front of the house reminded <laughs> okay. me of the cactuses in front of my own grandparents' house kind of the entire time I was just like this movie is perfection to me like there's no, like I have no notes for that part of it because it was one of those things where like every time I talked to somebody about, about Black Panther because I wasn't as crazy about Black Panther as everybody else was I was like I thought the same thing people thought about this movie where it's like well it's kind of generic in the way what of the plot is and then stuff happens and you're like and then the movie's done I was like well it's a good super movie but I don't understand the pure love Black Panther had gotten and I get it now, a hundred percent with a black with a blue beetle because the because I'm gonna admit this to because I admitted it's Martin. I didn't know anything about Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes. When I went in there, it's like he's a blind spot of mine mm-hmm. to the point where Martin looked at me like I had told him that I had never read a comic my entire life. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he was like, "Everything I know about you is a lie." Kind of look on his face. Because <laughs> and it was just like, "Yeah, no, for real, I had no but, fucking idea." <laughs>
2: but this is a character that came out maybe less than 20 years ago, at least this iteration of Jaime Reyes. Always, he, he'd previously been a white guy. He's been around since the 30s, but for this most recent version, they said, hey, let's make him a Mexican-American. Well,
1: because there's but, Dan Garrett, who's the original yeah, one. Yeah, but I don't care about those guys. Who's referenced in it. And uh, it doesn't Ted, matter. And then, yeah.
2: my, my point is, I didn't know those guys. And like you, I didn't know them either. No one ever told me this existed, but it also existed after my comic book reading years. Yeah. And so, had this happened to me when I was nine... Oh, boy, this would have hit me hard. But like I said, as a 49-year-old, I have a different feeling towards it. Of
0: course. Well, why don't you go on to your final thoughts, Marco?
2: I mean, and I didn't mean to cut off Mike there. I just wanted to make it clear that this was something that we didn't have. And I think Mike could probably back me up. Here's one of the most prominent Latino comic book characters who's getting a big screen film adaptation. And even Mike, one of the most knowledgeable comic book people I know, didn't know about it. Like, I would have expected him to be the one schooling me on this. Uh, so, yeah, I totally get the appeal. I think it has the potential to draw in a lot of people who ordinarily might not go to see a movie. But, like, I could have taken my grandmother to this. Or my you know uncles and aunts, people who didn't care for comic books. They didn't grow up with it. No one in my family read comics or, like, sci-fi or nerdy shit. I mean... You you graduated high school, you got a job, you bought a car, and, you know, you watched football and drank beer. I mean, what more did you need? <laughs> so all of that other stuff is going to be something new to them. And I think other people, like the folks who went to see Black Panther, for the first time they're going to see themselves represented. That is a huge achievement. I appreciate it. I do wish the character had been less passive. I love the family, although I think a lot of the humor is very broad, it's very silly, because it was made for the nine-year-old me, not for 49-year-old me. And it sometimes feels a little TV in that regards. There's a lot of things that I thought were much more interesting, but they never quite go there. And it's very much like the Shazam movie, except for as silly as that got, it had moments of true darkness. And it made the sweet moments feel sweeter, and the scary moments feel scarier, and I wish Blue Beetle had committed to that. Uh, But as is, it's a perfectly fun, family-friendly introduction to this character. And if he makes enough money this weekend, maybe we'll see him some more. Uh, I'm going to give this 7.5 out of 10 uh chapulín uh el chapulín colorado uh references
0: you stole mine <laughs> wow okay uh um, when i saw that i, I was like i know. know what that's gonna be i, I yeah. don't even <laughs> know what you're talking about exactly so. <laughs> when he
2: pulls out the big red device he's like i call it the chapulín i'm like of course it's bright red and then there's chapulín colorado holy fuck he's i never so thought proper, i'd see that he
3: has a fortnight skin
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean anyway
3: anyway nathan Yeah, uncharacteristically quiet during this review. Uh, we're both like, why
0: don't we let the, the yeah, pretty, (laughs) pretty pretty much, pretty much. Um,
3: (laughs) you know, I've always liked this character in the animated appearances that I've seen him in. Uh, and I've been so far this year, pretty pleased by DC's output, which is the biggest Nathan hot take ever. Uh, don't, don't throw something at me
2: later today
3: until, (laughs) well, we'll we'll see with, uh, what, what else is coming out. Uh Aquaman 2. Oh Aqua Oh, okay, that's already slated for number one this year. <laughs> Never mind. They're killing it. Uh this is this is otherwise a pretty generic superhero movie outside of the cultural aspects of it, which I admired, and its big heart. Marco was really adept in bring up Shazam in comparison where there are moments where it could really go there, especially in like the alien lore or some of the body horror elements that you don't necessarily need to revel in. This doesn't need to be Cronenberg's blue beetle, but (laughs) I would like to at least have something to really make it stand apart from your ant man's or your iron man's or your venom movies. And there's really not much there outside of its warm heart and it's different couch, uh, cultural perspective. Uh, Otherwise, it really doesn't do much in the line of, like, things that are wrong. I'd give it 6 out of 10 Vicks VapoRub.
0: I I swear to God, early on as you were talking, I heard Helen Mirren's voice saying, Note to the directors, Nathan (laughs) Flynn is exactly the right person to play this absurd viewpoint on recent DC output. (laughs) I like the Flash.
3: I like Shazam too. Sue me. Shazam. I forgot the
1: Flash even came out. That's how... Fucking That's much! I didn't awful. care. Awful! Anyway, I never saw
0: it. Anyway, Spider Mike. It's a good oh, movie. Um, yeah, it's there's so movie. much
1: about this movie <laughs> that like I I recommend it to literally every Mexican I know. Not even not even kidding. Especially my border friends because I know a lot of people from the border. Um, this movie had some fun fun music choices. Uh, oh the, yeah, it was fun hearing Selena randomly in a movie again. Uh, but there's it's so so Hispanic. It's not even funny because um, the only other big time. Mexican superhero we even saw this year uh, was the antagonist of Across the Spider-Verse which was my f- the original Mexican superhero I fell in love with which was Spider-Man 2099 mm-hmm. so, that, so that was the first time I was like okay I, I'm, I have my representation on screen and I was really <laughs> happy with that not realizing that later down in the line I would get something even way more representative than I thought I would and so this, is, this has been a, a good year for me when it comes to Mexican superheroes if we can only get that Kyle Rayner movie though because <laughs> that would be great but yeah, I like I, there was a lot, I still have a lot of issues with the movie, it is very generic in what it does, but it's one of the few superhero movies out there that doesn't end with somebody being like, if you don't stop this, the whole world's gonna explode if we don't do the XYZ thing. I'm like, I'm so tired of everything being world ending, so I was happy to have something that wasn't so much world ending as like, oh, there would be some shit that would get fucked up if you don't take care of it. But, you know, the world wasn't going to end at that point. There were no
3: multiverses. There were no councils of ricks. There was
1: nothing fucking insane. (laughs) We might lose
2: our house.
1: Yeah. Yeah, The the (laughs) biggest stake was that his family was going to lose their house. And I was like, that is... refreshing. That is both refreshing and dangerously close to things that have happened to people I know. (laughs) Uh So it was just one of those things that by the time it was done, I felt so represented by it to the point where the rating I'm going to give it is the exact reason I felt as represented as I did. Uh, which I will give it 13 out of 16 Dragon Ball manga volumes.
0: <laughs> I'm deeply there's confused.
1: nothing
2: Mexican about that. Yeah, no. <laughs> no,
1: you have no fucking idea. I, I don't Mexi- Latin America, <laughs> but
2: that's true. They the
1: people who confused. love Dragon Ball more than any other country on the entire planet is Mexico.
2: Okay. Okay. See, I, I, I don't know you. these things. I, I just, I, I just am happy to get a, a Vicente Fernandez deep cut while in the middle of an action scene. There's a like, lot. I of never those. thought I'd see that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know. I missed a lot of the references that were obviously in there for good reason, because this is slated very firmly at Latino audiences, and that's awesome. There needs to be more stuff like that. 100%. Uh, but as a superhero movie... I thought it was really kinda generic. I did like a lot the the lead actors, just energy. I think he's great as well on, on uh Cobra Kai. Always really liked him. Uh I could see him sticking around and continuing to play this part for sure. Uh and I liked the whole family. They were a lot of fun. Sarandon is the most generic villain possible. Yeah. Like she just like showed up for the check. Pretty much, she makes Guy Pierce in Iron Man three look like
1: Thanos. She really does. (laughs) They don't give her scenery. I'll give her that at
0: least. But they don't give her any. There's nothing really about her that makes her like like. What is it? Tell me something about her personality, who she is, other than a bad rich person. Because there's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't like her family. But so <laughs> she's a bad rich person well that's it's it's the
1: it's the that's the dichotomy like where J- Jaime loves his fucking family no and I, jenny I, has has no family i, to I wouldn't
0: in even a use a ten dollar word like dichotomy to describe that different that the, the juxtaposition of those things you know it's just like i'm just saying it's the closest she's, boring.
2: she's generic and underplayed I yeah
0: mean, even one dimensional but have fun with
1: it even like you know her, her i'm just i'm not fully defending the movie i'm it, just saying no, like, I that's know. the guy that's the best i got
0: even her flunky, <laughs> yeah. even her flunky which we literally know next to nothing about so like the last second it's uh, the last second <laughs> and then they just play the whole yeah but he's mexican card so you know he's gonna turn out okay and i was like that's kind of it kind of reminded me feels a little bit racist <laughs> it reminded me of
3: idris Elba American, in star trek different. beyond <laughs> where you get all the backstory about idris Elba's character yeah. at the bare last second right. like, right. we even... wait was he a good villain <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't even mention Guillermo
0: yeah, well, because he's barely in there. Yeah, that, well, that was that was one of the criticisms. Yeah, he's Guillermo from what we do in the shadows. Yeah, because his uh, actual name his?
1: is accidentally a spoiler. Because <laughs> they uh, keep uh, calling him Doctor Sanchez.
0: Um, but no, he's like he really and he's another. He's just a trope. We've seen this character before, but another one where it turns out is like, yes, you too are Latino, so you're going to end up doing. It the was right really thing. weird.
1: That was the one moment I was like, wait, I don't know anything about this guy. But now I'm supposed to care about this part.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It was just a little almost blinking you miss him at points, but he has almost no lines. And yeah, he's, he's really ultimately unimportant to the, the plot of this film, Pretty much. of which is. Really just kind of very straightforward. There's not any depth to it. The only really thing about this that separates it is indeed the family and the way that they act towards each other. And they are you just want to spend time with them. You could have gotten rid of all the superhero stuff. And I would have watched a whole movie just watching this family hang out with each other because they are so much fun. Even fucking George Lopez, who is kind of a riot here. It's the most I've liked George Lopez in a very long time. But most of the superhero stuff is kind of forgettable and weirdly doesn't seem to have any rules at all. Like, it's just so fucking random. <laughs> like, what they do. Like, oh, well, this stops. Wait, it, he's gotta re- why? He's gotta wait to recharge. Yeah, no, but I, there's just no real rules. But he needs like, the power. I can to make recharge. anything you can imagine. I am all powerful. Except for this one thing this dude has that we don't <laughs> even know what it is. But yeah, that'll stop you cold. Anyway, whatever. I mean, the hope is this is popular enough they go, oh, maybe we should spend some more money on the next one and get better writers. Cause I would like to see more of this character and his family. But I'm gonna give it, uh, six and a half out of 10, uh, Latino references. I completely missed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll explain them to you afterwards.
0: I appreciate that. You know that. what
2: a taco is at least, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know what a taco is.
0: <laughs> Why? Do you have one? I could use a taco.